pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Racism is painful. It hurts our identity, suppresses our talents, and can lead to bodily injury. In America, racial discrimination was the force behind slavery and segregation among the states. After the assassination of Martin Luther King in 1968, America was struck with the most widespread rioting, fires, and battles between the public and the police ever recorded in history. Many wonder how far we've come since that time in terms of racism and civil rights for American blacks. How about racial disparities in understanding and treating pain? Science tells us that we don't respond to the pain of others equally. For example, when we see somebody in pain, it triggers the same pathways in our brains that are activated when we ourselves are hurt. But research tells us that we may respond more dramatically to seeing white people in pain than we do black people. In fact, another study showed that both whites and blacks assumed that blacks felt less pain than whites. All of this highlights the lack of empathy for each other, which may be the real source of racism. We're joined once again by Faith Ringgold, Professor Emeritus at the University of California, San Diego. She's a celebrated and award-winning African-American artist. Faith's works appear in museums such as the Guggenheim, Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the Museum of Modern Art. Her compositions have documented the changes in American society from civil rights and onward. For many years, Faith's been an activist against racism and an advocate for the feminist movement. On today's show, we'll delve into the comments made by the late tennis champion, Arthur Ashe, talk about Martin Luther King's promised land, and share the hope for ending racial disparities in society. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare, The Pain Community, and Depot Med Incorporated. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Faith Ringgold is a painter, writer, mixed-media sculptor, and performance artist. She's especially well-known for her painted story quilts, and she's a prolific author of children's books. Faith, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Hi, nice to be here. On our last show, you shared how you've been able to express your own story through art, how a lack of empathy for each other is central to the cause of racism, and how you succeeded in moving beyond racism by sheer perseverance in order to accomplish so much. Now let's look at Arthur Ashe. Arthur was a gifted African-American tennis player who at 25 won the first U.S. Open in 1968 as men's singles champion. 
He was a central figure in integrating American tennis. In his memoir, he criticized black voters for electing and re-electing demagogues and characters with dubious records, like Marion Barry of Washington, D.C., for example. Uh, Faith, do you feel that these characters with dubious records, as Arthur put it, contribute to any ongoing prejudice and discrimination against blacks? Uh, do I feel, I feel that they, you know, there are black people like all different stripes. Sure. You know, all of them are not going to be good, nice people. And, um, so, you know, there could be some wrong things with black people. Nobody, nobody should try to pretend that all black people are good, Christian loving, wonderful people. Some of them are no damn good. So, um, Arthur Ashe, you know, I I can't picture him right now, but I used to, I was very involved. My sister, my sister was a tennis player, uh-huh. and I was very involved with him during that time. But I can't remember whether he was somebody that I admired politically or not. I can't remember that aspect of him, so I. I can't talk too much about him. Well, he's someone who who really overcame tremendous obstacles to achieve great success in tennis. But there are a lot of people who made statements, especially in those days, that I didn't agree with. I think often they were, I thought they were just trying to get approval from the wrong place. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought about some people. And by the way, Faith, what do you think about the concept of black power? Fabulous. That was the day I was born, mm-hmm. the day I heard black power. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing Yeah, because I had never heard black associated with power. And I did several paintings in that uh, theme. Mm-hmm. That's very important for black people to have power. Cause, in fact, I did a huge painting, white power and black power, a, a commemorative stamp. Oh. United States postage. Uh, commemorating the advent of black power. Mm -hmm. That was the name of it. So, no, black power, I think, is important. I think everybody should have power. And that black people didn't have any power was outrageous. Mm -hmm. And with respect to black power, Arthur Ashe also said that that black power almost completely discredited the acquisition of knowledge and the rigor of self-discipline. Would you agree or not with his comments? No, no, he's wrong. Uh, He's wrong. Everybody needs power. And it was not until black people felt a sense of power that we began to advance. Yeah. So that was very important. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And Faith, I'd like your opinion of another one of Arthur's statements. And he said that, that blacks' suspicion of whites and hostility to them routinely go beyond the dictates of reason. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think that uh, anybody who is not suspicious of people who had them in 250 years of slavery and uh, lynchings and all of these awful attributes of the history of black people in white America would be, you know, a little bit crazy, more than a little bit, absolutely insane. No, I think you have to be suspicious of people like that. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see your point. In fact, our slavery in America was the longest, I believe, of any continual slavery anywhere in the world, if I'm correct. But the people, the movement was more, what? Uh, 
I think the movement was more progressive mm-hmm. than slavery anywhere else in the world. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. There is. And do you think that that suspicion of whites since Arthur's comments back around the late 1980s has changed? I, I think it's, it's taken for granted. Mm-hmm. I think that it... I think it has taken... Now, this is my opinion. Right. Although I don't hear very many discussions on this. Nobody talks about this anymore, and where I am. Mm-hmm. But I would say anybody who's not suspicious is, like, a little bit off. Because there's a history of problems. Slavery being the big one. Right. So I don't know that there's anybody who's telling us the truth when they're saying they're not suspicious. Because I think that goes without saying. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that. Right. I think I think people have to let me know that they're not one of those. Okay. And I think that's what most white people do. They let you know, I am not one of them. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And how do they let you know that they're not one of those? They all but tell you. They all but... not to, People have different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they... I don't... Well, how can I say? Give you a little story. And um, they are... Um, they wield the conversation in a way to, to show some kind of thing that they've done or represent that suggests that they are not a racist. Okay. Yeah, I think most white people, when they meet you, they want to let you know. I am not one of them. You know, it's good to know that there are people out there who are that open and who care enough about each other to tell you. Faith, do you feel that most whites in the United States are racist or not? That's a rough one. <laughs> Do I think that most white people... Well, as long as I'm looking out my window and I never see a black people person walking by, I think, I think most of them are racist, yes. Most are. That's disappointing to hear. I mean, even, what, 50 years later, uh, after the 1960s, you, you feel that way? I think what more and more are understanding. Mm-hmm. Because you've got more and more mixtures coming up here. Yeah. As I said before, first of all, there are no white people, and they're getting to be less and less. So, you know, somebody's going to have to change it to something else other than color. Right, right, right. Because the colors are mixing up too much. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be. Uh, Listen, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Faith and ask her how she feels we can overcome the pain of racism. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care, 
by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Laboratories, a leader in the science of toxicology and pharmacogenetics, is transforming the way healthcare professionals monitor and manage their patients' medication therapy. Through the use of advanced technology supported by research and education, Millennium helps practitioners personalize care for patients. For more information, please visit www.millenniumlabs.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare. Connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com and dc2healthcare.com. Welcome back. We're here with Faith Ringgold, celebrated award-winning artist, painter, writer, mixed-media sculptor, and performance artist, and also author. We're here talking about the pain of racism. Faith, what do you think about that? I mean, can we overcome the pain of racism? What's been successful in the past, and how can we build upon that today? How can we overcome the pain of racism? I think um, by not by mixing. I think mixing is doing it better than anything else, maybe. But how? How is it doing it? Race is mixing. In other words, it's not clearly black, white, anybody. You understand? There's not a clear division between the colors. People are becoming very intermixed. And I think that is a good thing. Because it, in the final analysis, it was the climate changes, huh, that made the differences anyway. Huh? Am I right? Well... So as people get around and travel and do, uh, that business of the colors will become less significant, mm-hmm. less important. Right. You know, so other than the intermixing of the races and racial migration, how else can we overcome it? Well, education. Knowing the value of people other than the way they look. Sure. Because that's a kind of dumb thing anyway. <laughs> this one is lighter than that one. And therefore better. Right. It's not. It's not valid. Or valuable. Mm-hmm. True. I think we have a way of go- We have a way to come to um, what should I say? Improve our humanity. Right. We'll get there one day, maybe. As as what was Martin Luther King said, I won't get there with you, but. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I want to ask you about. Uh, Martin Luther King, because just before his death, uh, Dr. King said, you know, I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Faith, what did he mean by that? The best place, the place where people are good, where there's no more hate and disruption and horror, that never, never land of good and hope and love and peace. Yeah. I think that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he died because he died for us to get there. Um, so he's there and we're not. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't think as you look back on the history of, uh, of America, not anything has been achieved of value 
unless someone has given their life. Mm-hmm. And I think Martin Luther King understood that. Yeah. He knew he was going to have to die. And he was willing. Did you know Martin Luther King? I never met him, no. I never met Martin Luther King. And I, I, I tried so hard to do so. But he was in the South and I was in the North. Mm-hmm. And it just never did happen. But I was very close to him otherwise. But it's a, in this country, in order to make a point, it seems like you have to give your life. Mm. The Kennedys did it. It's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's a very violent country. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Faith, do you feel that African Americans have reached the promised land? And if not, will they get there? Well, African Americans have not reached the promised land, no. And I don't know that you reach that on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can try to improve yourself in the world. Yeah. But I don't know that you can reach the promised land on Earth, or, 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 or that you can reach it so you can come back and tell us about it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, many might say that because President Obama is African-American, that the black community has reached the promised land. But do you feel that way? Well, he is not just our president. He is the president of the entire country. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge job. And I think that many, many white people voted for him. So I think that he inspired many, many, many people. Mm -hmm. I mean, Faith, how do you envision the office of president changing? I am hoping that maybe at this point we can get rid of having just white male presidents and we can let the best person be our president. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can have that happen. And hopefully next time Hillary will, will run and we'll get a, a woman doing it. Uh, and whoever is the best for us, mm-hmm. I hope. Right. Because I think that... I mean, how do you think that President Obama has influenced the country? Barack Obama has made a great contribution to our country. And he has sacrificed his family, his wife, his, his uh, beautiful children, and we are eternally grateful to him for that. Uh, he has begun something. So it, it, the next time it won't be the first. It'll be the best only. And I, he definitely was the best, without a doubt. And... Um, if we can get the best each time, we can have a better America. Very, very true. Listen, we, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll ask Faith what her solution is for ending racial disparities in our society. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. DepoMed Incorporated, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing products to treat pain and other central nervous system conditions. Purdue Pharma, 
making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Uh, Faith, talk to us about your solution for ending racial disparities in society. Mixing <laughs> seems to be the only, only hope because people can't stop looking. They can't, can't stop looking and believing in what they see mm-hmm. and using it as a marker. Yeah. Because they need something. So they'll take that. They want to, people want to feel better than other people somehow. Mm-hmm. They just must have that. And so they take the look. And it's sad, but true. It's not a great uh, divider, but they use it anyway. They do, but I think there's hope to move beyond that. And before we close, Faith, talk to us about your uh, art-making game called Quiltaduco, which is based on the puzzle game called Sudoku. Well, I have images instead of just numbers and colors. Okay. And uh, and, and, and when you get through with putting, um, I, get, I have nine designs, nine images. Mm-hmm. And in, in nine colors, sometimes nine colors, sometimes they're only black and white, but they're nine images. And you should go on iTunes. Okay. And you can register and get the game. The first 50 games will be 199 and, uh, and then we're going to bring up some free ones. Coming up very soon. We're going to have some free ones for the people who didn't sign up already. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's, a, it's an art-making uh, game. It's art-making. Okay. For those of you who want to make art, there are pictures, of, there are uh, portraits of people, there are, you just have to go and see what, it, what is there. Mm-hmm. I will. Q-U-I-L-T-U-D-U. A, oh, and it's going to be so much fun for you because you're going to be making art all the time. <laughs> sounds, sounds like great fun. Listen, uh, Faith, I want to thank you very, very much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Well, thank you. And keep doing the good work you're doing. I'll do my best. Today we have time for a question, and this one is from Crystal in Carson City, Nevada. Dr. Christo, I have bad nerve pain from multiple sclerosis. It burns all over my legs and shoots down my arm. I've tried drugs like Neurontin, Lyrica, Cymbalta, and Elevil. Some give me relief, but others have just made me too sleepy. I have three young kids, and I'm a single mother. Some days, I just feel like the pain is more than I can handle. The neurologist refused to give me pain medicines like morphine, but I found a pain doctor who's prescribing methadone. This helps me function and take care of my family. I need something more, though, because the shooting pain can be unbearable. I know of friends with multiple sclerosis who are using medical marijuana, and it takes away their shooting pain. Can this help my pain? Crystal, this is a really hot topic today. Medical marijuana can indeed reduce the neuropathic pain symptoms of multiple sclerosis, that is the the shooting, stabbing, burning pain, and those can be terrible. Most of the evidence is positive for using medicinal cannabis to ease neuropathic pain. 
Delta-9-THC, which is known as tetrahydrocannabinol, is one of the most well-known. THC is an active component in medical marijuana, but there are others like cannabidiol. These chemicals bind certain receptors called cannabinoid receptors in the brain, spinal cord, and nerves to reduce pain. Actually, endocannabinoids are the term used for our brain's own cannabis-like substances. These substances help regulate inflammation, pain, food intake, and addictive behavior. And while medical marijuana is legal in certain states and can help ease pain, I think you need to be careful. Dispensaries aren't subject to government standardization, so the potency of THC, for example, may far exceed that used for clinical trials. On the other hand, there's growing excitement about the use of the cannabinoid called cannabidiol for pain suppression. Most of the evidence is in animals right now. It looks safe, and some even say beyond promising. I hope that's helpful. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.